Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com, or visit our Patreon page for over 30 more miscarriage stories, as well as exclusive content. Check it out at patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash miscarriage. It's also linked in the details below. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today has had two miscarriages, both at nine weeks. One was this past March and one in July, and she is going to share that story with us today. Sergia, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us about this journey for you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty full year. Um, I was, uh, I found out that uh, we found out that we were pregnant in January. Um, and of course, you know, it was, you know, first time being pregnant, really excited. You can't even, you don't even imagine that anything could go wrong. Right. Um, Yeah. You're just so elated and so excited and, you know, all those, you know, all those thoughts go through your head of, um, you know, what's to come and what could be and all this stuff. So um, we had really waited until January to start to try um, to conceive. Actually, um, I, I travel a lot for work and um, I had kind of on purposely cleared my schedule for 2018 for this year. And we had kind of made a decision that this was, you know, January was when we wanted to start trying or right after I got back from a big work trip in December. Um, so, you know, we were really lucky. We, um, we uh, got pregnant right away. Um, we didn't realize it was going to happen so quick for us. So it was really exciting. Um, it was both, you know, what we really wanted. And, um, uh, yeah, we... Um, we went in for our first midwife appointment. Um, I guess that would be in the middle, I guess at the beginning, maybe at the beginning of March or something. And um, so like seven or eight weeks kind yeah. of thing. Okay. Um, I think we actually went in, I think we actually went in at six weeks. Um, and uh, they did an ultrasound, and although they could see the pregnancy, they they said, I think it's a little bit too early to hear the heartbeat. We did not hear a heartbeat that day. But of course, we didn't really think anything of that. Um, and I was, you know, starting to get pretty sick with morning sickness and stuff. And then um, after that appointment, about a week after that appointment, um, I, I started spotting a little bit and, you know, of course you go online and you read these things and, everything, oh, and yeah. you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. Or, or it could be a miscarriage. And, you know, that was the first moment it kind of went through my head that, oh, could something be wrong? Um, so um, I called the midwife's office again and they said, hey, look, um, 
we know you're a little nervous about it. We know we didn't get to hear the heartbeat that first time. Why don't you come in um, next week just so we can like ease your mind about it, which was really nice of them. Um, and so I went in for that next appointment and that's, you know, that was the appointment where we went in and um, it was really, it was really, you know, we didn't think anything was going to be wrong. We went in and uh, the midwife did the ultrasound and um, thank goodness me, um, we were both there, me and my partner were there and, um, you know, she said, I can't find a pregnancy. And um, at that moment, you know, my heart just kind of dropped, my belly just turned over, you know, just that moment of, of um, panic. And it was, it was so strange because even though, you know, I was pregnant and, uh, you know, obviously <laughs> that was the case, it was, it was the strangest thing that went through my brain emotionally. I immediately kind of felt like I needed to almost prove that I was pregnant. <laughs> it was just this like panic of like, no, but I am, I am pregnant. Like, um, right. you know, like you can't convince me that I wasn't. Um, so um, that was just like that initial like moment. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. Um, and, uh, you know, she said immediately, she said, well, I, I can't find anything here. It doesn't look good. Um, so they didn't see anything. There was no heartbeat, but they just were seeing empty. Yeah, they weren't really seeing anything. Oh. And that was so confusing. She said to me, you know, at the midwife's office, they said, well, look, you know what? We do not have the best ultrasound here. Um, it's a possibility it's there. We saw it last week. We're just not finding it this week. Um, so um, I think the next thing that happened was, because um, it was it was so inconclusive as to kind of like, what do we even do at this point? So um, the midwife suggested we go get my HCG levels tested. So I went in to have um, blood work that day. Um, of course, you know, after that, we got into the car and, uh, you know, me and my boyfriend, we just lost it. We just kind of looked at each other and out of like complete shock and surprise. It was, you know, it's, it's, it's not sadness at that moment at all. It's like just absolute shock. Yeah. Um, and, um, so we went home. They're just trying to process it um, after I got the blood work done. And then I get a call the next day from the, uh, that, you know, she says, I'm calling. Um, this is the head of the midwife's office. And um, I was kind of confused. I was like, oh, no, I wonder why I'm getting a phone call right now from them, from the head of the office. And she said, hi, um, I want to introduce myself, you know, we found that your HCG levels were really high, a lot higher than what we thought we would find. Um, and she said, we don't know what that means, but we would like you to go in for an emergency ultrasound into the hospital. Because um, apparently, you know, 
ACG levels as high as they came in, she thought that per, that there it may be an ectopic, and she wanted to rule right. that out. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we went into the hospital that day. Um, you know, still just in total shock about the situation. And when we got to the hospital, they wouldn't let my partner come into the ultrasound room with me, which was really frustrating because I just really wanted him there with me. And this um, was in the emergency room? This is actually, it's not in the emergency room. It's at the hospital. Oh, and they like, still wouldn't let him come in. Yeah, they still wouldn't let oh. him come in. And, um, you know, I, I you know, had a vaginal ultrasound there. Um, and the tech, uh, oh my gosh, it was so terrible. It was she was just stone cold silent and wouldn't tell me a thing. Um, like barely any conversation, just doing her work, getting the pictures she needed to take and just not speaking to me at all. And she was like, your doctor will call you with, you know, the information. So it was really strange and awkward. Um, you know, because she's just <laughs> stone cold poker face. Just, I was in there for a while too. Oh, yeah. And um, we came out of that appointment, that ultrasound. Um, and gosh, I'm trying to remember what happened after that. I think, I think um, we ended up getting a call from the midwife. Uh, the next day saying, well, it's, it's not ectopic, um, but we're pretty sure that this is a miscarriage. Um, and said, we're going to go ahead and kind of refer you on to the OB um, uh, for, you know, to kind of process this miscarriage. And even though everyone was pretty nice about it, it was pretty intense because it, it feels like you're just kind of oh gosh, like we don't want you over here anymore. We're turning you over to the doctors and we're wiping our hands of this kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was like from there on, she said, okay, just contact, you know, we're, we're giving you a referral to OB and she'll handle uh, your miscarriage from there. Um, so I went into uh, the OB and um, you know, she said, yes, this, this, this doesn't look great because you're supposed to be, gosh, I guess at that point I was actually supposed to be nine weeks. So this might, I might've gone in for an, it might've been a seven and a half or an eight week first appointment. And this was, by this time I was nine weeks. And, um, when I went in to see the OB, she said it was measuring at about, uh, six and a half weeks. Um, so she so did she see did something, something though. though. Yes, yes, she absolutely saw a pregnancy. Uh, yeah, yeah, and by that time, I was just felt like I was just had been pulled through the ringer because <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, there's a pregnancy. There's no heartbeat. There's spotting. Um, then there's no pregnancy that they can find, and now they think it's ectopic, and now they're sending me to the." you know, hospital. And now I'm, it's definitely, or most likely a miscarriage. And now I'm at the OB and now she's telling me, um, finally I'm getting some conclusive. It's just measuring too small and, uh, she's not finding a heartbeat. Um, so at that point, um, it, I was in a little bit of a bind because at that point I was supposed to be leaving 
for a work trip um, in a couple of weeks. And um, I knew that my body wasn't going to be the best. And and I I teach dance, so I my body, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be in a good place for me to do some guest teaching from where I had to, you know, where I was heading to. So I just was kind of in a bind as to what do we do from here? Um, and we decided to try uh, uh, um, the um, medicine, medication. Medical medication okay. yeah. So um, I went home to go um, take the medication and have kind of, uh, um, you know, the weekend to just kind of process that. Um, and uh, the first night, you know, I took it before I went to bed and I had cramps all night and I was kind of all ready for it. And I had just very light spotting and just that was it. Uh, nothing really happened. And that was really disappointing because I was like, you guys, I just want I just want to move on from this. I just want to move forward. And I was just like stuck in this um, twilight zone of why didn't this work? medication didn't work at all. I went back in to see the OB and she said, well, um, nothing has moved. <laughs> this looks exactly the same. Um, your body, you know, it's still very attached um, to the inside of your uterus. Um, would you like to try the medication again? Went home, tried the medication again. Um, again, some light spotting, lots of cramping and no bleeding. So by that time, yeah, by that time, I, I, I went back in, we took a look again, and she said again, still not moving. Um, you know, there's the, the very, some laughing that I needed at that point, some lighthearted jokes of, well, your body's going to have no problem holding on to a healthy pregnancy someday because your body is not letting this go. Um, you know, HCG levels were still high. At this point, I was still super nauseated okay um, so your body's not getting the memo no not not even close and that is so frustrating because you're just you just feel like your body has failed you you're like come on get on the same page let's why isn't my body let's listening to me yeah yeah um or, or even knowing what's going on yeah yeah so um let's see uh finally at that point we decided to go ahead and do the dnc um, and so I think it was a couple days afterwards, um, me and my partner went in and, um, I remember, you know, going in and we were, we were trying to, you know, stay, you know, pretty, you know, just trying to be there for each other. There wasn't a lot of, um, sadness at that point. Um, I went in for the DNC and I came out and that's when I think it really hit me was when I was waking up. Okay. And I remember waking up in the hospital and uh, my partner being there and, you know, he was sitting there and, and I kind of just kind of lightly fluttering my eyes and starting to come awake. And I remember telling him, I said, um, I said something like, it feels so good to, to let go. Like it was like the medication 
was it was just I had been fighting. I had been fighting. I had been holding it together. I had been fighting and fighting emotionally. Um, and then, the, you know, just being put under and uh, coming out of that grogginess, I just felt like I couldn't hold anything together. I had no control. Finally, it was like the control was absolutely taken from me. And I, and I remember telling him I was really, I was really sad to wake up. I was like, I kind of, I, I don't want, I, I don't really, I really Like it was want fully to over? Yeah, like, it, it, like, I, like I didn't want to join back into my life. I was okay. just kind of like, I really just want to stay under for a little while longer. And I remember just crying and saying like, I don't. I don't, I don't want to go on. I don't want to wake up right now. I just want to stay um, kind of blissfully asleep or blissfully, you know, I don't want to have to face this was I think what I, when I said, so then, you know, we cried and, and he held my hand and we cried for a while in the hospital, um, you know, and then, um, you know, coming home and getting ready to just kind of, um, try to let my body heal. Um, but of course I was in a little bit of a race against time because I was already a little bit of out of, out of shape and I had been, you know, not dancing for, for, you know, for over a week at that point. And I knew I was going to have to leave in a week and a half, um, for my trip. So it was, it was a hard time. It was, I was trying to process everything, but I was also, I think, holding on really tight to, trying to be okay and trying to pull it together and trying to kind of move forward and make things work. Cause I knew that I had work that I had to do. And I think that that was really unwise. <laughs> I wish that I, I had canceled everything and just um, stayed at home and let my body process and let my mind process. Um, you know, I had no idea how hard it was going to hit me emotionally. Um, you know, I'd never considered before that, I always considered that, okay, you know, you have a miscarriage and your body heals and you move on. Um, but it was such a huge blow emotionally that was not the way it was at all. Um, and it was, it was really fighting a lot too as to what it's supposed to be. You know, you think, okay, I'm really strong. I'm really able. Um, I should be over this. I should be moving forward. And th that inner voice and that fighting voice was just made things so much worse. You know, I think that I really had to, um, you know, kind of one of the good things that came out of, you know, these miscarriages was I feel like when you, when you hit rock bottom and everything really falls out on you, um, if you don't have a great relationship with yourself or a kind relationship with yourself, um, you really learn the hard way how to cultivate that <laughs> because it's very lonely. It's very lonely and no one really knows exactly what you're going through and no one knows what you're feeling. And, um, you know, I've heard so many people on your podcast talk about it before. It's so true that, you know, right when it happens, there's a lot of uh, reaching out and support and then that all goes away and you're still in that place and everyone's moving on with their lives and, and people stop asking and, and um, people forget and you're just still at this complete standstill. Um, 
so yeah, it was, it was a really, it was a really humbling experience. I remember it was, um, it was really difficult for my partner and I, I think the instinct for the friends, the family, the partner is to want to fix things, is to want to make you feel better, is to want to make things better. And um, at that point, I didn't want to, anyone to make it better. I just wanted people to allow me to live exactly where I was. Um, and with my inner voice and everyone else's voice kind of um, telling me that I needed to kind of feel better or take care of everyone else, you know, I have this major instinct to, you know, not really be vulnerable around, vulnerable around people because I don't want to burden them with my, you know, with my stuff. So I, I ended up feeling like a lot of people who asked about it, I ended up feeling like I was at, taking care of them instead of them taking care of me. Um, you know, me being really careful about their feelings. I didn't want them to see that I was in pain because I thought it would inconvenience them. Um, so that was a really hard, hard lesson. And it was a really difficult time for my partner and I, uh, because I just don't think, you know, anyone really understands. Um, and they think that after a month or, you know, or after a month and a half, um, you should be moving on. Um, but you're not. Um, so that was, it was a really hard time for me. It was a very lonely time. Um, one thing that was really nice, uh, we were, we, um, were going to some, a uh, couple therapy appointments, which I highly recommend, um, to do, you know, therapy or couples therapy or both. Um, it's just impossible. It seems to kind of process by completely by yourself. Um, and, uh, she had suggested that we maybe have a little, um, just some kind of, um, just some kind of ritual or ceremony where we said goodbye. Um, and we did that. We went to the park and we both, we picked out some kind of rocks from the Creek and we both took, um, 20 minutes to kind of um, decorate those rocks and we brought some paints and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we'd already had a name. We'd already, already been calling, um, calling our baby a name and, and talking, you know, my partner had been talking to my belly. And, um, so we both, you know, had some quiet time where we, you know, kind of wrote a little something, uh, to our baby. And, uh, then we said a couple words and then we put the rocks back in the Creek and, uh, or near the creek, and uh, that was a very, um, I think it was a very good thing to do. I think it was really good for both of us. It was one of the times where I felt like we really connected over the loss, um, and that was really important for me to see that he was also processing this. It's really hard sometimes to see everyone process things, processes things differently. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially between the woman who is feeling all the hormones right? and the man who wants to be so supportive and be there, but didn't feel the physical part. Yeah. That's such a good point. Yeah. So it was, I think, you know, it was so valuable for me to see him show some emotion over, um, over what we were going through. I knew he was, but it was hard to remember that he was <laughs> um, because, you know, he was really busying, busying himself and, um, 
you know, really trying to stay happy for me, maybe. Um, and uh, we were just kind of missing each other. Um, I was in this place where it was very difficult to wake up um, for, you know, for a while. Uh, every day was, you know, one step at a time. Every moment was one step at a time. Um, so it was nice to connect over something like that. So I highly recommend that. Um, so, yeah, I think that I was processing over time and, and just taking it a step at a time. And um, it was a really dark time for me. Um, but uh, um, I think that um, being in therapy really helps to talk through some of that. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I was going back to work. My body was healing. I was finally a month later starting to feel like my hormones were getting a little bit more on track. And the hormones are, you know, they were no joke. They were absolutely um, affecting my emotional state in a big way. Um, I felt completely out of control. Um, but about a month afterwards, I felt like I was kind of starting to get my bearings back and I was starting to um, get back to work and, and, um, and teaching. And, uh, you know, we had decided that we were going to wait um, because we actually, we were going to get married. And we were just married a week ago, actually, September 29th. And we decided that we were going to wait until after the wedding um, to think about trying again. And so we were, um, we were half-heartedly uh, trying to be careful. Um, we weren't using uh, condoms or protection. We were just using um, uh, uh, the pull-out method. And um, surprisingly enough, um, I think it was the beginning of June. I had had one period. And then at the beginning of June, I track my periods on a... Um, on a basal body temperature tracker and I, um, I, my, my app just kind of dinged one morning and said, you know, if you don't get your period in the next couple of days, it's a good time to test for pregnancy. And I kind of went, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I didn't really know how I felt about that. I felt still kind of, I felt still kind of angry. Um, and it, it was a very strange emotional place to be in because I was both a little bit excited and really jaded. Just really like, oh, I don't know. Well, we'll see about that <laughs> kind of attitude. Um, and uh, I did get a positive pregnancy test. And, um, you know, I, I, I definitely had this twinkle in my heart of excitement um but it was funny it was like outwardly I didn't want to show that and it wasn't even that I didn't want to show that to anybody it was almost like I didn't want to show it to myself yeah. I didn't want to show it to the universe mm -hmm. I didn't want I didn't want to jinx it in any way I was already kind of in the headspace of yeah, well, we'll see. I don't know. You know, <laughs> if I don't acknowledge it, I can't get hurt. Exactly. Which that's, isn't true, yeah. but that's what we think. <laughs> right. It was exactly what it was. I was like, okay, whatever. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but of course, inside I was, I was quite excited. Um, 
it took me about a couple of weeks to like start getting a little bit more excited about it. Um, I had my six week appointment um, and it was right before I left on, um, on another trip. So I, we got our six week appointment. Um, this time we went straight to the OB and did not go back to the midwives um, because we knew they had a uh, better ultrasound. And I was so, I think, dramatized over going through everything that we had gone through with the midwives. I just didn't really want to go back there. Um, so uh, we went in for this, I think, six-week appointment. Um, everything looked good. Still couldn't find a heartbeat at that point. Um, but we wanted to get that appointment in even though it was early before we left for the trip. So we left on a trip. We were gone for a week and I was so sick the whole time. I was just nauseated the whole time. Um, we came back from the trip. Uh, we were home for a couple of weeks. Uh, again, still lots of, you know, lots of morning sick and sickness, nauseated every day. But again, starting to get just really excited. Um, finally kind of getting over that jaded um, feeling. And we went in for our nine week appointment. Uh, nine weeks, and we went in, and um, ultrasound, we were both there, and uh, uh, the doctor said, okay, well, I see a pregnancy here, but I'm seeing it only measuring at six weeks. And so at that point, it was just like, oh, man. Yeah. That's such a bummer. <laughs> it was within four months, two miscarriages, and it was just, it was just, what are the chances? You know, it was just so, um, it was just so disheartening. It was just so, you know, you get your hopes up again, and again, you're let down. So, um, you know, it was, it was hard. We got into the car and again, we cried. And I remember my thoughts right at that moment as we got in the car and we were crying together. You know, this time we had been very careful not to call the baby anything other than baby. <laughs> so we had not been using a name. Um, and uh, we were doing our best to try not to get too attached. Uh, but we were. And um, so that was really sad. I remember crying in the car and the thoughts right at that moment were, can we just drive? Can we just drive? Can we just not go home? Can we just drive away and go somewhere else right now? Because again, I just was not ready to face it. Um, so um, after that, we, I remember that appointment, I was very, very quick to just kind of say, okay, when are we doing the DNC? Um, and uh, she said, we can get you in in a couple days. Uh, went in for that DNC. Um, and it was funny. I think it was Friday the 13th. We had gone in for the DNC. And I remember going to the hospital and it was surprisingly empty. <laughs> oh, no one wanted to be there. That's right. It was so, so we had kind of a laugh over that. We went, oh. I'm the only person who wants to have a have a procedure on Friday the 13th. <laughs> so, um, so I remember it was surprisingly empty, um, and we went in and um, we went to the hospital. And you know, 
my nurse who checked me in and was going to put me on an IV, she comes out and she's super pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, really? I remember I just kind of looked up to the heavens and I was like, really? I like, please, can I not see a pregnant woman right now? You know? Um, So, you know, and of course you beat yourself up because you're like, I really want to be happy for every pregnant person I see at this point, but it's really quite impossible for me. Um, So I remember that being just one of those things. And um, uh, I'm kind of notorious for, for having the tiniest little veins. So it was not a fun experience. As usual, I had to get stuck about four or five times before we could get an IV going and they could get the blood that they wanted. Um, And my patience was running low. Um, So we went in for that DNC. I remember asking this time around, you know, I had been been on, you know, the pregnancy boards and I had been, you know, trying to do as much research as I could. And um, I remember, I remembered to ask to get the, um, the tissue sampled. So we did a tissue sample kit, um, uh, to see if we could tell anything, um, from the tissue they took out from the DNC. And, um, I remember after that, um, getting out of the hospital and coming home, And um, again, just going, starting to go through that healing process, that long healing process. Um, um, And, you know, this time it was kind of, um, it was hard because I think there's, um, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this, but I think it happens to a lot of women is you really, if you've had, you know, a not great so relationship with your body in the past, as far as like body image issues and stuff like that, Ooh, that stuff comes out to play um, when it comes to, for me, when it came to the miscarriages. A lot of stuff that I had thought that I had been very healed from in my past really came out with this kind of, you know, um, you know, this this self-loathing, this body loathing. Why doesn't, why can't my body have a baby? Um, why can't other people have babies? Why can't I, you know? Um, you know, I'm very active, I'm healthy, I'm, I eat a very, you know, I have a gluten-free, dairy-free diet. Um, so it was, it was a, this real big push and pull um, over, um, you know, uh, really being at odds with your body. Um, and also just this terrible feeling of, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm now 15 pounds overweight after going through two miscarriages or, you know, three months of pregnancy or, you know, uh, or I guess five months of pregnancy total and two miscarriages and two DNCs. And now I'm 15 pounds overweight and now I have nothing to show for it. I have no babies. I have, I, I don't have a family. I just have 15 extra pounds on my body. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've got a trudge to kind of get back on track now to get back to square one, to even get to the place where I feel like I want to try again. Um, and with the, with the wedding being, you know, a month away at that point, um, there was, you know, of course, this, this pressure to kind of want to fit into my wedding dress and want to look good on my wedding and want to lose that extra weight that I had taken on. 
So it was all just a lot at the time. Um, and then just the absolute sadness at losing, you know, the things that never were, you know, and, and um, I know that every single woman who's had a miscarriage knows this part, but if, you know, someone, people who haven't had miscarriages, I'm sure they, they don't even um, consider this, but when you are carrying a child in your body, you've thought about, are they going to be a boy or girl? What are they going to be their names? Um, are they going to, you know, what are they going to love when they grow up? What is it going to be to hold them on my lap to, to nurse them? What's it going to be for their grandparents to hold them for me to see that? What it's, what it's going to be to have my partner hold our child? Um, where are they going to go to school? Do we need to start raising, you know, um, money for a college fund? Like you have really a whole history has been played out in your head and that is all lost in an instant and leaves you completely empty and completely frozen. Um, like the whole world is spinning, but you're frozen in a standstill. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, it was definitely, you know, a, a process of healing. Um, and if I was to give any, um, you know, um, uh, advice to anyone who's going through a miscarriage is, you know, get ready for a ride. It's going to be a long, it's going to be a, a while and then you, you're going to be different. Um, you're going to be okay, but you're going to be different and, um, clear your schedule as much, as much as you can and be as kind to yourself as you can. Um, you know, take time um, you're not, you're, you're not going to be as efficient. You're not going to be able to get as much done. Um, you know, it's just find, find ways you can connect with people. If that's hard for you, like it was for me, um, set up the situations in which you can connect with people, go to the therapy appointments, um, put in, you know, put in that work. Um, because in the end it's going to, you know, help you out so much. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, um, I guess that was, uh, that last DNC happened, um, July 13th and we're coming up very soon now to October 12th, which would have been, um, the estimated due date of my first, um, child this year from the first miscarriage. So, um, yeah, I think that now, you know, um, that was July 13th. We're looking, we know at the beginning of October now. I feel like I'm really starting to find my way back um, uh, emotionally, getting excited to maybe start, you know, thinking about trying again. Um, you know, we, we did go through, um, you know, a lot of the miscarriage blood panel and the testing of the um, of the tissue and stuff like that. Um, we did kind of wait till we got all of that, uh, cleared, um, uh, by the doctor to say that it was okay to try again when we feel like we're emotionally ready. Um, and you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely at an age where I, you know, there is that, that anxiety about wanting to try to have a baby soon. I'm in, um, you know, in my, in my late thirties, and, um, so, you know, we're just take, taking it one step at a time, but I'm finally feeling like 
I'm getting to that point emotionally where I'm ready to consider starting to try again. You know, I have a very close friend who, um, she was actually kind of inspired. They were inspired um, after we had got pregnant the first time in January and they had um, started their journey in trying to conceive. And uh, she got pregnant in February and she's coming up on her due date now. And, um, oh, you know, wow. in, yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. Like in the time that she has carried her child, I've had two miscarriages and, um, it's been one of those things where I've, she's been really sensitive around me and I've been able to hang out with her sometimes and not others. And, um, you know, it's, it's been really difficult. It's been really difficult to, to be around that, um, um, but now I feel like I'm very much at that point where I truly and genuinely am really just excited for her. Um, and that feels like a really great place to be in. And it's also just like a really interesting, um, like telltale sign that I'm starting to get into a place where, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, finding, finding a little bit more normalcy in my life. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am now. And what are the thoughts and emotions now going forward? Um, I think the thoughts and emotions going forward are um, are excited. I'm hopeful. Um, I definitely um, I'm excited to feel that feeling again. I'm excited to feel the feeling again of, of being pregnant and sharing that excitement with my partner. Um, you know, you know, after all that testing and the miscarriage panels coming back, um, regular and, um, we did find out that there was a chromosomal abnormality on this second miscarriage. We were not able to test. We did not test the first miscarriage, um, tissue, but we did test the second miscarriage tissue. And it was a chromosomal abnormality. And I remember the emotions that came after I found that out. Um, it was really interesting because I almost felt this huge weight lifted off of me. Like it wasn't my fault or like there was nothing I could do. Or I felt like it was less my fault. And obviously it's not my fault. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's, you know, but that is a real emotion that, um, that, um, as much as I knew that wasn't the case, that that was a real emotional emotion that I was dealing with. And when I came back, you know, when we came back and got the information that it, it was a chromosomal abnormality, it was almost like, okay, that wasn't my fault. My body needed to process that. That was not going to be a viable pregnancy anyways. Um, you know, because there was all this guilt about whether the stress in my life or um, the amount of traveling that I've done or the amount of moving and shaking that I've done in my past had maybe affected uh, my stress levels, which had affected my cortisol, which had maybe affected my progesterone. Um, so there was a lot of guilt, I think, with that. Um, and so I really, something that really I kind of um, adopted and really um, took on as kind of um, an action plan, something to do. Because I think sometimes when we're so at a loss and um, we're dealing with grief and we're dealing with trauma, that we're, we're looking for something to hold on to. And I remember I did a lot of research about fertility 
um, after that second miscarriage and um, decided that I was going to make it a for real non-negotiable um, uh, um, priority to lower my stress levels, whatever that meant. So that meant, you know, therapy, it meant uh, dedicating myself to my yoga, um, it meant, um, you know, eating really highly nutritious foods, um, you know, bone broth. And, you know, I went, I started taking desiccated liver um, 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 supplements. And I had had a doctor who had told me that I had maybe had trouble um, with methylation, with folate. Um, so folic acid, maybe it wasn't the right answer for me. Maybe a folate was better. So I changed my, um, I changed my prenatal to a, um, a prenatal that was, um, good for, you know, people who had trouble methylating, um, and who had, you know, an MTHF, uh, kind of, um, issues. So I really dedicated myself to my health. That meant, you know, acupuncture, um, yoga, and um, and my therapy, and I was able to actually go from a luteal phase in my menstrual cycle that was more of like a six to ten day luteal phase to just recently um, a thirteen day luteal phase, um, which was really really That's awesome. Great. Yeah, it was really really cool to see that the choices that I made about sleep and nutrition and my mental health were. Um, so maybe very quickly affecting, um, my, my, uh, my cycle and making it, you know, possibly a more fertile cycle. So my action plan kind of for all of that was just really dedicating myself to trying to be the best and healthiest I can be, which is a beautiful side effect of, uh, or silver lining of, um, you know, the whole experiences that I've been through this year was, you know, it's it's hard to remember as a woman to put yourself first. And I think that in the last few months, I have done that. I have really put myself first and um, found a kindness for myself um, that was maybe a little bit farther off um, coming into this year. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I am now. That's really that's beautiful. beautiful. That you can already take so much wisdom from this situation. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's the, you know, the healing is a process and um, it's a soft process, yes. you know, and I think for us, you know, for so many of us type A women who are just go-getters and, um, you know, buck up and make it happen, this was a really kind of... It's humbling. Yeah, it's a humbling yeah. awakening that just yeah. kind of went, you need to slow down and find kindness and softness and that's yeah. okay. It doesn't feminine. make you, mm -hmm. right, it doesn't make you weaker. It doesn't make you, um, you know, being less efficient because you're sick and you've had a miscarriage is not, you know, something to be frowned upon. It's absolutely okay. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're podcast was absolutely um, key to my healing. I remember I found your podcast 
And I listened to every single one of them and hearing all those stories was, I just, I just can't thank you enough for the work that you do. You are so welcome. Thank you for supporting us. Yeah, absolutely. Interested in hearing more miscarriage stories? We have over 30 more episodes on Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash miscarriage. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash miscarriage. It's also linked in the details below. Stay connected. Find us on Instagram at managing.miscarriage. On Facebook at Miscarriage Nonprofit. And don't forget to download our free e-guide on our website, managingmiscarriage.com. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating so more women can find us. Also, listen to exclusive episodes directly on the Patreon app.